Yeah, you're kicking it with Courtney Lee With a mental and a business me Where you can grow even spiritually And shift your whole damn reality Yeah, you're kicking it with Courtney Lee I'm where your soul and your spirit be Because you know that we're all energy Yeah, you're kicking it with Courtney Lee episode of the Kicking It With Courtney Lee podcast. Whether you're new around here or not, I want to thank you and welcome you. Thank you so much for being here today. Please make sure to leave a love note in the reviews and let me know how you're loving the podcast. And don't forget to click that plus icon to follow the show so you don't miss the new episodes that come out each and every week. All right, let's get into it. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome to the Kicking It With Courtney Lee podcast. I am your host, Courtney Lee, and today I am joined by a very special guest by the name of S.T. Rappaport. And guess what, guys? She is a brain coach. She is so much more than that. I'm going to let her get into that. But she has a very, very unique take on the brain and cognitive functioning and really just rewiring your brain for success. So I'm going to let ST introduce herself and tell us a little bit more about her, but you guys are really in for a treat today. So jump on board and let's get into the podcast. All right, ST, how are you doing today? So excited to be here speaking with you, Courtney. Thank you so much for having me. I am so, so thankful to have you here on the podcast, ST. I know that you have a very large body of work surrounding the brain and cognitive functioning. And we're going to get into that a little bit today. But first, tell me, I did see on your website that you talked about how you were a fifth grader who couldn't read properly, but now you have evolved into this beautiful, wonderful brain coach who has touched the lives of millions. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So when I was in fifth grade, I still struggled with reading and I've been going to a ton of tutors that didn't really give me much results. So my parents decided it was time to take another approach. And instead of going to another tutor, instead I went with someone who worked on the thinking skills, the skills behind all skills. These skills are called cognitive functions. Now what happened was not only did my reading improve, but so did other areas of school. So did my confidence. So many areas of my life became so much better that I was like, oh my goodness, more people need to know about this. So when I was 17, I started getting training and I haven't stopped ever since. Wow, that's beautiful. Okay. You know what? I actually do remember having tutoring sessions when I was younger and you're right. I I definitely feel like it touches the surface level. But when you start talking about digging deeper and and really trying to figure out like what the root of the problem is, you don't really see that. And you definitely haven't seen that, you know, back in the day when I was, uh, you know, in elementary school. (laughs) In this new age, you know, you're seeing much more of that now, but you haven't really seen people really dig into like going inward, doing the deeper work, and really trying to solve more than just those surface problems. So I love how you touched on, you know, your parents 
you know, trying that traditional route, trying the tutors, you know, and it comes to find out it's a little bit deeper than that. So what are cognitive functions? You mentioned cognitive functions. What are they and how do they actually affect or coincide, you know, with the quality of our lives? Yes. So thinking is not one big thing. Thinking is actually made up of 28 parts called cognitive functions. Each one of these are like a thinking skill. Okay, so there are many different skills that you need to do to do your everyday tasks. So let's say, for example, if you are doing something like planning, right? In order to do planning, there are multiple skills your brain has to know. Your brain, first of all, has to be able to gather all the right information. So there's a cognitive function, a skill called collecting precise and accurate data. There's another one called understanding time. If you want to plan things out, you're going to have to understand time. What about categorizing, right? Your brain has to know how to categorize what you're going to do first, what you should do together, what you should do like at this time, what you should do later, right? That's also another cognitive function. So these cognitive functions are skills that are happening while we're doing other skills that we don't even realize that we're doing them. Now, the thing is, naturally, we all have some stronger ones and weaker ones because there's 28. So obviously, it's going to be like that. But when they're weak, sometimes it could really get in the way and make it hard for us to do the things that we want to do. Hmm, interesting. Okay. So let me ask you a question. I'm, I'm going to assume that being as though you are in the field of studying the brain and um, cognitive abilities, what, how, how would you say that that relates to executive functioning? It sounds similar, but I'm pretty sure, you know, it goes a little bit deeper. So can you um, speak on that a little bit as far as executive functioning? You know, you have a lot of people, you know, coming out, you know, with these diagnosis of adult ADHD and, you know, these things not really being taken seriously, you know, due to a number of reasons, you know, um, societal reasons and, you know, systemic reasons and things like that. But how would you say that that is related to the 28 cognitive functions that you're talking about? How is that related to executive functioning or is there any um, relation? Yes, I really like how you asked the question because so many people say like, is it the same thing? And it's like you said, it's deeper than executive functioning. So executive functions are like things our brain does, like tasks our brain needs to be able to function but in order to do those activities we need to use cognitive functions okay so for example let's say organization right organization is one of the executive functions in order to do organization you need to use cognitive functions or in order to do task initiation which is like to like you being able to start a task on your own you need also cognitive functions. Now, to explain this a little bit better, let's think of somebody, let's say if someone struggles with task initiation, right? Like let's say someone has ADHD or some other sort of diagnosis. They are, reason why they have this diagnosis, I mean, another way to put how they have this diagnosis is the fact that some of their cognitive functions are weak. So by strengthening their cognitive functions, they learn how to work with that diagnosis. So let's say task initiation, right? What's the reasons, we want to go deeper, what's the reasons to why someone is struggling with task initiation? You could have all sorts of like really cool band-aids, right? Like you could say, okay, so we're going to make a chart and if you do this thing for five days, then you've got a prize. 
that isn't actually solving the problem. That's giving you a short-term solution for you to be able to do it for the next five times. We want to go deeper to understand why is a person not being able to do task initiation. So we go back to the cognitive functions. We see which one of them are weak. So many times, task initiation could be because, let's say, they get overwhelmed by so much information. There's so much going on that they're like, I don't know where to start. Big, empty, big, messy room that they need to clean. There's too much things going on here. I can't do this. Or they come to their email, like their inbox after vacation. There's like 200 unread emails and they just answer none of them because there's so many, right? So by being able to understand what's the actual thing going on here is that there's too much information that we can improve that cognitive function of being able to take information in a clear and organized manner. And then they won't struggle with task initiation because things will come in in an organized way. However, for someone else, task initiation might come because of a different cognitive function called defining the problem, being able to find what is actually going on here so that way they can come up with a solution. So maybe they're not overwhelmed when they see like a big inbox full of so many emails, but they struggle with the fact of like, okay, what's the actual problem in being able to answer those emails? So they're also not going to be able to do task initiation. So although people may be struggling with the same executive functions and therefore they get similar diagnosis, they might have different cognitive functions that are making it hard for them to do the executive functions. Does that make sense? Oh, yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for bringing it down that way. I'm definitely one of those people that um, feels like I struggle when I see, you know, I can see the whole board. I know everything that needs to be done, but it's like, ah, which one is first? Which one is second? It's like, where do I start? So thank you so much for touching on that. That that was very helpful. I'm sure for the listeners and as well as for me. So thank you. Now, what I wanted to ask you was what cognitive functions are involved in understanding other people? And, you know, with us coming out of like, you know, the quarantine days and, and, and um, acclimating back, you know, into the, our communities, you know, how can we enhance those cognitive functions that are responsible for understanding others, you know, and connecting? Yeah, so there actually is a cognitive function called considering another person's perspective. Mm. Now, I'm going to give you ways of how to improve it in a second. But before I get to that, the cognitive functions are very related. So there's another cognitive function being able to, it's called being able to search for relevant cues, seeing mm-hmm. what like hints are relevant to the situation. So if somebody is struggling with being able to pick up social cues, which comes from the cognitive function of searching for relevant cues, then they're going to have a hard time with the other cognitive function of considering another person's perspective, right? So they're all intertwined. There's another one. It's called understanding space, right? So I, do I know rights? Do I know lefts? Now, even if I know my right and left, can I see your right and left when you are standing in another direction? Now, that's also, if you think about it, if I'm standing in my space where I'm standing and you're standing across the table from me, you're facing me, right? I have to be able to consider your perspective and see your right and your left. So again, that is related to the other side. So though I'm going to say some things of how you could consider another perspective, keep in mind here, it might 
for you personally or for some either listener listening, there might be other cognitive functions also related to this. That being said, my favorite way to improve this cognitive function is with understanding the concept that we all have a movie playing in our brain. When we're talking, we're having a conversation. I have a movie, right, of what you're saying. I'm seeing how it's relating to my life. The examples that you're saying, if it has anything to do with me, whether I agree, whether I don't agree, etc. To really get good at considering another person's perspective, what you want to do is, while the other person is talking, put your movie on pause. You'll be able to get back to it in just a moment, as soon as the person's finished talking. But while the other person is talking, see if you can play their movie in your brain. I love that. Oh my goodness. I love that so much. And I definitely feel like that is obviously connected to, you know, that self-talk and um, that inner conversation. And I'm beginning to see how all of these concepts that you're describing, you know, can have such an impact, how the inner portion has such an impact on our external environment and like what we are creating outside of ourselves, you know? So, you know, that inner conversation and being able to step in someone else's shoes and see someone else's perspective, like all of this is related to, you know, uh, whether or not a, a marriage lasts, whether or not a, you know, uh, relationships in your family lasts and things like that. So it's interesting to hear these concepts and just kind of plug it in. And I am going to admit, I am guilty of this right now. I had the movie, my movie. <laughs> playing in my head as you were describing that because it's like it's an automatic reaction. So as you're describing that, I'm automatically thinking, oh, oh my goodness, like, yeah, that's why, you know, I've been doing this inner work and that's why I can step into this person's shoes and see things from their perspective. So based on what, I, what, I'm, what I'm describing here, how, like, how would you recommend families, let's say, for example, that's a very hot topic for people. You know, our families are the closest ones to us. So, you know, how does that work when there's one person or, you know, one party doing, you know, the inner work and trying to see this perspective and the other person is just not there? You know, they're just not there yet. Like how, I guess you could say like, what are some hacks or what would you recommend in situations like that where it's like it's family it's close even partners you know married you know those who are married how does that work when it seems like you know one party is doing the work but the other party is like you know maybe they don't have an interest maybe they don't see the need to do the work or to improve their cognitive functions oh my goodness i love that question so much because so many of our fights and things that like happen between us without us even realizing come from weak cognitive functions. So I like how you brought this into like the relationship part of it because it's such a big part that people don't even realize. So I'm going to say two things. First of all, when the people around you are on board, it's obviously way easier to improve a cognitive function. Now, don't worry if your people around you are not because I'm, my second thing is going to help you with that. When I was working with kids, now I work with entrepreneurs, but when I started a couple years back, I was working with kids and I would always make sure that whatever we did during the session, whichever strategies we learned, whatever new terms we used, I always made sure to teach it to the parents and have them learn it 
yes. because very nice for what we do in the session, but you want to be able to do it at home, right? So same thing now when I work with clients, I tell my clients, like they're adults, many of them have kids or their partners or whatever. And I tell them like, teach it to them and make it a language around you. So if there's a cognitive function or you want to consider people's perspective or you want to put your movie on pause, right? Like any idea that you are trying to work on yourself, if you could get your family on board, then it will be a lot easier for you because because it becomes a language that you use in the house. You're like, hey, I'm putting my movie on pause. Like you could tell that literally to your Mm -hmm. husband or to your child or whatever, and they will understand and they'll be able to use it more often because you're in that environment. That's first of all. Now, if they're really not interested, right? Like those people, there's always someone who's more into the personal development and more into working on themselves and willing to improve their cognitive functions. Then I like to do what we actually do during sessions, which is called mediation. We don't teach, when we work with clients, we don't teach them at all. Instead, what we do is we ask them questions to help them come to the conclusion by themselves. So if you have a spouse or you have a friend or a child or someone who's not on board with you, you want to use this process of asking them questions so that way you can help them understand what your the benefits, like why they should want to do it. So this is what you're going to do. First of all, you have to make sure they understand that you're in this for this benefit. Like you could, people could use this for like being passive aggressive or things like that. And like, absolutely not. Like you want to make sure they don't think that you're trying to like trick them into anything or you're trying to make them do something they don't want to do. They have to really understand that you really care about them and you're doing this for their benefit. That's first of all. Then you want to start asking them questions that are in the place they already are at, right? So if you want them to improve this cognitive function of considering another person's perspective, but you know that they got into a fight with their coworker last week. Start from the position of what you know they were. They didn't like the fact that they got into that fight, right? So say like, so what were your thoughts now that a week has passed since that fight? Like, what were your thoughts about it? What do you think you could do about it? What do you want, right? Like something yes. about the situation they're in. And you're slowly, 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 based on their answers, going to continue asking them questions. Till they understand, till their mind realizes on their own that it's best for them to improve their cognitive function of considering another person's perspective. Obviously, this might take multiple conversations, but with goodwill and like the real like sincerity of wanting the best for the person, then you could both like you could help them, you can engage them and they'll want to do it also. Yes, I love that so much. And that's a prime example of what you see and what you hear a lot of people talking about nowadays about, you know, as long as you're doing the work, those around you are going to see that you're doing the work and they're going to want to rise up to do the work as well. They're going to see the changes that are happening in your life and in your reality. And they're going to want some of that, you know? So thank you so much for really breaking that down. I absolutely agree. And I'm a big fan of, um, I have three children myself and I ask them questions and I encourage them to ask questions, but it's really about getting them to understand instead of telling them. And I, I use telling them very lightly, you know, you shouldn't be telling them, you should be communicating with them. But instead of saying, you know, we're, we're not going to go here today. Let's say for an example, we're not going to go to this place today. We're not going to go to an amusement park, you know, let's say every day, you know, instead it's, well, you know, do you think it makes sense to go to the amusement park Monday through Friday? Uh, 
Exactly. You, you know, yes. I tend to ask questions like that. Do you think that um, mommy and daddy will be able to provide, you know, with you with a good life if we just go to the amusement park every day? So I tend to lean that way with the questions. <laughs> but that exactly, was, right? that was total. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for bringing it down that way. And that actually goes right into my next question, which is, what is the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset? Now, we just talked about the family dynamics and how one person can be doing the work and another person is not, but it's, it's deeper than they're just not doing the work. Maybe they don't even see a need for you know, work to even be done. Maybe they think they're God's gift to earth and they're perfect. <laughs> but what would exactly. you say? <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, like you said, it all comes down to a fixed or growth mindset. So actually, um, Carol Dweck, she was a psychologist. Of course, she still is working there. I don't know. But she worked in Stanford University, and she was trying to figure out what makes a person successful, whether it's at school, in sports, in any area of life. Like, why are some people successful and some people not? Mm. And what she discovered was this concept of having a fixed or growth mindset. It literally has nothing to do with money or talents, like IQ or anything else. It's whether if you have a fixed or growth mindset. So fixed mindset is you believe the way you are is going to stay forever. So that could be that you are God's gift and you have everything perfect and it's just going to go like that. It could be the opposite. Like I will never be able to sing. So I just will never be able to sing. And it's just too bad because that's the way I am. And a growth mindset is understanding that with hard work, with effort, with learning, with growing, then you will be able to achieve what you want to achieve, right? Yes. The whole concept of like working on the understanding the process, not like when there's failures, not looking at them as failures, but looking mm -hmm. at them as learning experiences and really looking as ways to grow. So you made a mistake. What can I learn from this? And you grow from there. Yes, I love that so much. And I talk so much about that, about, you know, well, this new concept that I've been developing as I've been working on my speaking career is miracle mindset. And for me, it's about, I'm always self-reflecting, you know, and I feel like if everyone on the planet does that, like, can you imagine <laughs> where we would be right now? But I, I definitely agree with that. It's about you know, it's not, it goes hand in hand with that statement. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. You know, what can you learn from your mistakes? What, you know, don't look at failure as failure. Just look at it as feedback. Look at it as data, you know, and I'm very, very big on that, you know, encouraging, you know, my children to do the same. If you were not able to achieve this goal, okay, what were some of the factors that contributed to that? And what can you change? You know, it's, it's not about failure. And you hear this from top-notch CEOs, multi-million dollar CEOs who talk about, you know, the many businesses that have failed before, you know, they quote unquote sh struck gold. And a lot of that is because, you know, a lot of their success comes from the fact that they have so much data to go off of from those previous businesses, from those previous challenges. Now they can pivot and they know how to navigate. And so I'm, I'm so glad that you touched on that because it's not, it's not if, it's when, you know, you want to reach that goal or, you know, um, reach the success that you desire to see. So how, for, for some of the um, entrepreneurs, especially the solopreneurs out here, how like, what advice could you give to help with 
the struggle with time management and meeting our deadlines with ease. What do you typically recommend when it comes to uh, and what cognitive function would you say like this is related to? But how, you know, like how can we get better with time management deadlines, you know, as solopreneurs? You know, you're not in the you're not in corporate America. You're not you don't have someone over your shoulder, you know, telling you what needs to be done, when it needs to be done and how. So what, what, what's your take on that? Yes. Yeah, so obviously, like everything else that we always do, time management is a lot of cognitive functions, mm-hmm. not just one. But the very glaring in the face main one would be the concept of understanding time. Mm-hmm. Time is actually one of the hardest things for the brain to comprehend because it's a very abstract concept. Even Einstein said that. And he like just was like too hard to understand type of thing. <laughs> but I think that there are and I think I know <laughs> I've seen it with clients that you could do different things to help your brain understand the concept of time. So that way it will be easier for you to do your time management. So one of my favorite exercises to do to improve it is a little bit annoying, <laughs> but with the growth mindset, you know that it's about the process and mm-hmm. it will have a massive like reward for being able to do this. So for the next week or two, what I want you to do is Write down every activity that you do often and time how long it takes you. How long does it take you to take a shower? How long does it take you to get your kids to bed? How long does it take you to cook dinner, to post your social media, whatever it is, right? Anything that you do often, time to time. Obviously, every day is going to be a little bit different, but by the end of a week or two, you will have an average and you want to know approximately how long things take you. Now, this exercise is going to help you with two things. First of all, your brain will begin to comprehend like the concepts of minutes and how long things actually, like what, how long does it actually take us in general? Mm-hmm. Like, not like this is fast, this is long, right? Like we have like long minutes and short minutes, right? Things that go fast and things that happen short, but just the concept of time will get into your brain more. That's first of all. Second of all, many times like we think we could do things really quickly or the opposite. We think it takes us way too long to do something, but... Mm-hmm. It's because like we're in it, so our brain isn't being aware of the time. We think like, oh yeah, it only takes us 10 minutes to take a shower, but by the end of the week, you see it really takes you 20, right? Mm-hmm. So we plan 10 minutes for our shower, but we don't end up having enough time to do it, and we're always rushing, and we're always late, because we thought it only takes us 10 minutes, but it was really 20, and that happens with everything that we're doing throughout our day. So next time you plan, when you have this list, you'll be able to say, okay, how many minutes do I really need for time? So it'll be really worth it to do the exercise. That's one. And another thing more on time, on like a global concept, I really highly, strongly recommend that when you finish listening to this episode, you order for yourself a big, huge calendar. You could do this. If you have kids, it's great for every kid to also have their own or at least to have um, like a big one for the family mm-hmm. and write down all appointments, things that are coming up, like anything that is happening, put it on the calendar. It will give you a really, like your brain, a really good understanding of what's coming before, what's coming after, what do I need to do before this date arrives? And just the concept of time will be more ingrained in your brain. So you have stronger foundations when you try to do time management. Yes, I love that so much. I want to say a few months back, I actually I put out some content talking about time blocking and how that was working for me. And I'll be honest, it worked for about a day. (laughs) 
And then, you know, I just had to, I had to realize it was more than just that surface level. That's why I'm so glad we're having this conversation because you can have a calendar, you can have, you know, we have to realize that these are tools, you know, it's not the end all be all. It's all about, you know, uh, figuring out like, you know, your, your toolkit per se of many different things that you can combine to kind of help your, help your mind to get wrapped around the concept of time and, you know, the time that it takes for completion of tasks and things like that. So especially as entrepreneurs, you know, it can be a little bit difficult because you have to have that discipline. But I will say that since restarting my time blocking and really, you know, putting forth, you know, another good foot forward, you know, effort most recently, it has definitely been a huge shift from months ago when I, when I had started. And I think a big part of that is you know, that inner work and wrapping your mind and your brain around the concept of time blocking and what it really is at a deeper level. So you, you mentioned um, awareness. Now, why would you say self-awareness is so important to achieve, you know, really anything in our lives? But, you know, how, how can we be more self-aware, I guess you could say, when it comes to, you know, uh, not only uh, business, but also just in life in general? Oh yeah, I am like such a self-awareness queen because like, I don't think that you can change anything if you don't have self-awareness on it, right? Mm -hmm. You're not going to know to change something if you're not aware. So everything starts with self-awareness. Now, how do we develop this skill, which by the way, is one that like from research shows that like many people aren't self-aware even if they think they're Mm self-aware. So it's a skill that like everyone could always improve on. And I think that the way I like to understand self-awareness is that you're not really aware of something until something else, until you have like an outside stimulus, okay? So think, for example, like why do people think they need to lose weight, right? It's just a common one because an outside force told them they need to lose weight. It could be like a person, like a doctor or a friend or something. It could be an ad. It could be that they... They like saw someone in a movie or on social media and they're like, okay, I want to look like that. And that means that got their brain to think about, they use cognitive functions to think about the fact they need to lose weight. Whether it's true or not, that's a different story. But they had an outside force that made, that triggered the thinking in their brain that made them have that self-awareness like, hey, I need to lose weight. So if, when we're going about our day, we have all these random we have all these random sources that may trigger some sort of self-awareness, but not especially is it self-awareness that is helping us. So we need to be conscious about purposefully putting an outside force to make us think about things so we become more self-aware, okay? Mm-hmm. So if, you ha- if you're having like a conversation with someone, that could be the outside force. But what do you do like when you're not reading books or you're not getting the self-awareness that you want on the podcast or you want to become even more self-aware is then you could do take you be your own outside force by yes. asking yourself questions you want to find good journal questions now there's like hundreds of them online like literally google journal questions for whatever topic you want to become more self-aware on now that question is going to trigger your thinking skills is going to trigger your cognitive functions to become self-aware about something. You might be more self-aware that you're really good at this thing. You might be more self-aware that you need to prove a certain part about it. You might be self-aware about something that you never even thought of before. 
But because you had that question, Mm -hmm. then you became more self-aware. Oh, I love that so much. You know what? It's so weird because as I'm responding, I'm thinking to myself, that's my movie playing in my brain. So thank you for that little tidbit. I'm going to be working on that. (laughs) Yes, I absolutely agree. And I am very big on asking the questions. Like I said, I, I am always trying to figure out like, what's a, what's a better question to ask or not even better. I don't even want to really use that term, but you know, what's, what's a question that I can ask that can really help me to get the, the, the answer and the wisdom that I'm looking for, you know, to solve, you know, X, Y, Z. So yes, I totally agree asking the question. And I love how you said like, you know, step outside and, 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 like be your own reflector. So you may not get it from, you know, uh, an ad or, you know, from a conversation like you normally would, but you can, you know, when you don't have those tools or when you're not reading a book, you know, how can you step outside of yourself and develop that reflection piece, I guess, so that you can, you can have that self-awareness, I guess, like self-generated <laughs> self-awareness. So yeah, yeah I, I love how you broke that down. Well, I am so, so thankful that you have come on the podcast today. Thank you so much, ST. If you guys, well, first of all, I want to mention that ST has a cognitive function assessment on her website that you guys definitely need to check out. Um, Her website is www.lifepicksuniversity.com. And can you tell us where else we can find you, ST, so that we can get some more goodness from you? Yes. So you can find me on my podcast at Life Picks University. Nice. Same thing like my website or on TikTok also Life Picks University. Nice. Nice. Okay. And everything will be in the show notes, everyone. So make sure that you check those out. I'm telling you this cognitive assessment, I am so looking forward to taking it. I had a brief, like literally a brief overview and I'm like, Ooh, I, I have to take my time and do this. So I'll probably be doing that tonight. You'll want to do the same. and. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and everyone, you know where to find ST and uh, check the show notes. We will see, well, I'll, I'll speak with you on the next episode. Thank you so much for kicking it with Courtney Lee. Bye. Mental health and love, businesses and motherhood and stars, learn Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me in today's episode. Please like and leave a review if you got something out of today's show because guess what? That helps other people just like you to find the show and get what they need to feed their soul and their spirit. So I'd really appreciate that. And be sure to check out in the show notes other ways that you can connect with me. Thank you so much for your support. Have a great day. Love you guys.